Welcome back to another episode of Survival Worldwide. We're here, Riley, at the end of the road. What a season it has been. How are you and how do you feel about Brains versus Brawn, the finale? We've got a new queen in town. Yeah, I'm riding on cloud nine at the moment because all hail Queen Haley. Um, what a legend. Great to see her pull it off. I was honestly biting my nails in, the, in that tribal council, um, really hoping George would own up to a lot of his game. He obviously got caught in a couple of things there. And Haley beating George in a 7-2 vote. Great to see her game. We'll be discussing all, all that happened in the, in the finale um, in this episode. But such an action-packed finale. Great challenge, great character moments, great final tribal council. I'm really excited to unpack it. I'm a little bit sad that Australian Survivor's done now, but I'm just glad we had a great season. It turned out so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we were worried for such a big part of the season about the, you know, where's the season going to go? Is it going to be a great ending to a season? Um, I think that it had the perfect cherry on top of its cake at the end there with both Haley and George making the final. So both you and me, Riley, we had one horse in the race right until the end. Team Chris versus Team Riley, um, yep. the way it should be when it comes to the finale. But Haley ultimately taking it out here and then showing that the outback, the outback is for the ladies. You know, first Outback winner was Tina Wesson, and now we've got another lady here and Haley that wins this season as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, great to see her win. I mean, obviously such a dominant win as well. Um, she was voted out early in the game at Redemption Rock, but her physical prowess in those challenges, um, you know, really saw her go deep in the game. Some great strategy, great social game. And to see her own up to all that um, and admit her shortcomings, but also her her, her highlights in the game as well it was really great to see. And as Jenny said there, I mean, it really was the cherry on top, the final two. George, who was the biggest character from day one, really. His back was against the wall, the cockroach, fighting all the way through. And then Haley, who just played a great game in terms of all three aspects of the game. So, you know, um, as Jenny said, probably one of the best final twos we've ever seen in Australian Survivor history. And I'd probably say it is, in fact, um, by a massive stretch the oh, best yeah. final two because both players just such active players throughout the throughout the season um and really neither one of them were goats they were very active players who really could have won in any scenario yeah, hundred percent. And um, welcome everybody here to the chat, Jenny. Welcome to the chat, loyal. Back, welcome back to the chat as well. Uh, Loyal's bringing up here blood versus water. There will be no talk about blood versus water in this recap tonight because we will have a retrospective for this season um, with a couple of fans as well. And Adam Jumba, who's been watching this season in the background, me and him had a long call about this today, and he told me his feelings about the season. I said, "This is all great stuff, but keep it for the weekend." Um, we'll be back at ten a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on. Sunday morning and you can if you're not wanting to wake up that early you can watch it later on during the day we'll be talking about everything that happened this season where do we think it rank um uh, the full retrospective plus we will definitely dive into blood versus water in that discussion as well and Marcus welcome here to uh, the live stream as well and agree with you Marcus what a way to end a season and what a final two and we'll definitely talk about Haley as a winner um because I do have some opinions about that, and I think that it's always good to look at it um, from all different angles when it comes to a winner. So I think we'll get into that towards the end of this podcast, but I do want to go into this last challenge here, Riley. We knew that it was going to be a tough challenge. We saw the the um, preview of the torture chamber that they're going to have to go in with the spikes and the pegs and um, having to squat in there. I thought it was an ingenious final challenge. Like, this is why Australian Survivor is great. You know, like Australian Survivor has got the best challenges of any season of Survivor. I don't care. You can at me. You know, there's every season and every franchise has got its strengths. Australian Survivor's strength is its challenges. And it did not disappoint here at the finale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love seeing these endurance challenges. And this is something I've been saying with US Survivor. Something I want to see and then bring back is these final endurance challenges right at the end, you know, like Hands in the Hard Idol or mm. Hanging by a Fred in Fiji. These things, that, you know, really expend all your energy, you know, standing there for five hours in that cage. I really loved it. It was so ingenious. Obviously, um, uncomfortably numb as the US Survivor Challenge where you hold your hands up above your head is, um, their, their feet would have been in so much pain for, you know, five hours. Squatting as well, having to figure out what position to stay in when the when the cage was closing in on you. Really ingenious, you know, st straight out of um, JLP's torture chamber there. Something <laughs> reminiscent of Wolf Creek almost. So 
and his you know, laugh. Really nice to see, really nice his to laugh, see a, a, an ingenious challenge like that in the outback, and it was really reflective of of the environment as well. It was mm. great to see. I was going to say his laugh there when they came in and Haley said, this looks like something out of a torture chamber and him just laughing at the cast is why I like JLP so much because he really loves torturing these people. He finds immense enjoyment out of this, you know? Um, so he, he kind of reminds me in that sense a little bit. I don't, I know you're not a big challenge fan, but TJ Levin from challenge, like he does that all the time with the cast as well, yeah. where he really enjoys, enjoys putting them through this torture. But I think what makes these challenges so good, Riley is the fact that you've got this epic showdown between these three, right at the end they all got their different ways you know like um the ultimate brain for this season was george the ultimate brawn for this season was flick and then the combination of both of them was Haley, a little bit of brain a little bit of brawn all in one um but they get to see their family here towards the end and i tell you what um i don't know what it is man like australian survivor just always gets me at the heartstrings you know like in this time around seeing flick you know see her family or her partner and a best friend there and how she broke down um obviously for flick it's at a higher level because she hasn't had that people that she cares about people that she can confide in um, after losing her mother and she gets that here towards the end and then also similar for you know george and Haley seeing their loved ones there it just ups the stakes so much when you've got people there that you love people that you're fighting for and they're sort of cheering you on to go past your limit because We've seen George quit so many times before, but with his mother and his sister there, he lasts four and a half hours, which is pretty admirable. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I very rarely cry. If I ever cry or get tears in my eyes, usually three or four times a year. US Survivor mm. two times, Australian Survivor one time, and Survivor South Africa. Those family visits always um, yeah. you know, bring out the emotion. I really love to see. You know, it, it shows what people are playing for. We saw, obviously, with Flick, losing her mother out in the outback um, and having that support unit come on day 47 to support her and, and watch her fight her way through that final challenge. It's always great to see, um, to see why they're playing the game, what they're doing it for and to see the motivation. And yeah, as you say, um, and as Alex said here in the chat as well, great effort for George lasting four and a half hours. I mean, we've seen George was obviously um, criticized by Danny at the final tribal council, which we'll discuss later for not competing in those physical challenges and really giving up at times. But, you know, even though he was sort of, you know, giving up at times and um, not giving it 110% in challenges, we saw his family encouraging him, just keep on going, keep on going. And he, he got that encouragement from his family unit to just keep fighting through the challenge. And yeah, to see him stand for four and a half hours, that is no mean feat at all. Um, yeah. You very rarely see any challenges, even in the US version, where we've had some of those long endurance challenges in the past. Um, very rarely do they go past that, you know, three-hour mark. Um, obviously, we've seen, you know, Bubba Bowie in Survivor Palau that went on for, I think, 10, 11 hours. Um, but certainly in that torture chamber, squatting for all that length, length period of time, having those bars digging into your feet, it would just be excruciating. I can't imagine the pain they went through. So great to see them all hold on there. Yeah, hats off to them. You know, like I'm someone that would likes to think of myself as someone that's quite fit and would probably do okay in some of these challenges. But I don't even know if I would have lasted for four and a half hours out there. So George, well done for being a person that's stuck in there for four and a half hours trying to win. And, you know, it was exciting to watch. And, you know, like Jenny says, you know, the final challenges always makes her cry. And I agree, like it's it's gotten me a few times now towards the end when I've seen these um, Australian Survivor, the, the cinematography, the production value of the music, the way they use the music you know it's always on point it makes you feel a certain way and that's something that they are extremely good at doing um now ultimately here we're gonna see the main battle is gonna be between flick and Haley. Haley, you know someone that's done pain researching her whole life she taps into that you know trying to put the pain behind her and she systematically basically takes flick apart here in this challenge and this is one thing that when we look at flick and especially when we're going to start talking to her as a winner. You know, I like to look at my winners and my players separately. I like to say, how do I rank this player and how do I rank this winner? And they're not always necessarily the same thing. But when we're talking about Hayley, the, the player here, she is one of the best players and up there with the best challenge beasts that we've ever seen in this game. And it reflects because she wins her fourth individual immunity here, which is no mean feat. I mean, she's tying people like um, Luke Toki and Brian Lake as well here at the four immunities. I think... Uh, 
uh, Brooke is at five and still has the record. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a, it's a pretty impressive run. She's up there with some really, really big names. And I tell you what, if there's ever another all-star season in the future and we see Brooke and her, you know, sort of compete against each other, that's going to be pretty exciting to see down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Five hours and 17 minutes. Like, that is no mean feat. And, and from both parts, you know, Flick as well. Yeah. Um, always giving it a go in challenges. I'm not sure if she ever actually ended up... Oh, she, she did win an immunity challenge heading into the final four, didn't she? Um, yeah. But for the most part, two. she was always... She know, won two. She, she was always second or third in those challenges for the most part. So really great to see her, um, you know, always pushing throughout the season. We always saw... That, yeah, she, she'd be given it her all. She might not win every challenge because we saw, you know, Emmett and Haley win a lot of those. Um, she was always right there at the end. So, gross the um, Flick fight, obviously. Um, you know, Flick knowing that really her only chance to be at the final tribal council would be if she wins that final immunity necklace because, you know, she, she sort of recognized that George and Haley, neither of them are going to take Flick to the end because Flick has all those friends in the jury. Um, as I think George pointed out at that tribal council, Flick has a lot more assured votes at the end, whereas really all George had that was 100% guaranteed was um, was Kara's vote. Uh, whereas, you know, Flick would have had the votes of, say, Danny and Emmett and, and some of the Brawns. They would be more likely to vote for her in the end. So she had a lot riding on it. But Haley, as you say, um, being a pain researcher, as I've heard many times throughout the season, she knows what it takes, she knows that it's all it's all in your brain and you just got to fight through mm. it um, until your body gives out, basically. And, and that's basically what she was doing. She was shaking towards the end there, shaking like an absolute leaf. Um, and you saw she, she looked calm, but her body was shaking so much, whereas um, you, you could tell Flick was clearly struggling a lot and, and trying to fight to stay in the game. So it, it just shows how willing these guys are to go all the way and do whatever it takes for a $500,000 prize. Yeah, so Jenny K here says that Haley should be on the challenge. If Haley's on the challenge, Brooke should be on the challenge as well. That's all I'm going to say because yeah. both of them definitely deserve to be there. And I would love to see both of them. Uh, Chris Dixon says the chance got 4 2. So I didn't realize that. Is Sean 4 in one season or is that 4 over the span Maybe of her career? Contenders, possibly. Because um, Champions versus Contenders I'll, I'll was Bri Brian it. Lake. Brian Lake had 4. So how can she have had 4 as well? That doesn't sound right. Chris, I think like um, calculations might be off there, unless I'm Sean, unless yeah, I'm Sean, completely Sean, wrong. No, Sean did, Sean did win four immunity challenges wow. in um, in Champions vs Contenders. So she won the first two immunity challenges, and then won when Monica went out and won at the at the final um, immunity challenge. So yeah, four in her first wow. season. Chris Dixon is a genius. He he knows everything that's happening in Australian Survivor. Uh, Chris Dixon is from now on our Survivor Worldwide fact check um, person here in the chat. He, he can he can make sure that we know what we're talking about. But, you know, like you quite rightfully said, I think it was no surprise to us, Riley, when it came to tribal council here and Haley needed to make a decision. She said that she was undecided. But we know between me and you, she knew she needed to take Flick out here because from the start, she recognized that George probably is higher on his game than what people in the jury will be on that game. And it's one of the reasons why she aligned with him a couple of rounds ago and why she went and she even tells the final trial like in the final tribal council she tells them that i went with way and with car uh, and with um george because i knew i could beat that side at the end i knew i could beat them in the challenges and i also and she didn't really rub it in their faces but she knew she had a real leg up against george going into mm. the final a lot of people were afraid of his ability to articulate himself be the politician and make a case in the final but you know, again, you've got to say something about Haley's emotional intelligence to really read a room and to understand how George would be perceived in this final tribal council. And me and you kind of called this. I mean, if there's one really, really bad thing about this season is that the editors weren't that subtle. And we'll probably talk about that more in our retrospective in regards to what was going to happen. Um, but maybe it was just because Haley and George, just they were just these two dominant players. Um the two titans here going to the end. And very, very rarely do you see two players of this caliber taking each other to the end. Um, but with Flick's story, right? I mean, she would have won just based on her story alone. People would have felt obligated to give her the win based on the fact that she stayed back after what happened. That would have given her the perfect pitch there at the end. Yeah, it's kind of like what Wu Huang wanted to do in Survivor Kageyan. He wanted to take the strongest to the end and and beat them. Because um, obviously it looks a lot better if you're sitting against, you know, Colby Donaldson, if you're sitting against Tina, um, if he had won that game, it'll look a lot better than him winning against Keith, for example. So you always want to take the strongest to the end. And certainly if he got the game that Haley had played, 
um, and knowing how, many, how much of the jury were really rubbed the wrong way by George throughout the season. She did have a great social grasp on the game. She knew what everyone was thinking. She had a lot of self-awareness for the game. Um, but to your point with Flick and, and her story in the game, certainly um, one thing that I think came up was the fact she never gives up. She's the strongest player in the game. She's the most brave player in the game. Losing her mother in the game and continuing to fight on, um, continuing to stay in the game when really she has no reason to be there um, other than to fight for her family, really. Um, you know, family is so important and, and to lose a loved one and not know, um, you know, what's going on back home, really to have that assurance um, and continue on in the game is just, it takes so much bravery. So that story she had throughout the game, you know, fighting, being the last Braun member standing as well um, and winning immunity towards the end, it would have been a great story to tell. Really, I, I think we said this um, last week, this final three, they all had a case to win really. And it just mm. depended on who came to final tribal council and presented the best case. And would we get something like what happened in Survivor China where you get a Todd Herzog who delivers the perfect speech and Amanda Kimmel, despite having a really strong game, it just all falls apart for her and she just struggles to actually present her case at the end. Um, and that's something that it didn't so much happen with George's case. He did present a very strong case, but Haley's game just uh, above and beyond when compared to anyone else's and, and her, her ability to articulate and have that social awareness and those relationships really helped her. Yeah, I mean... Definitely, it's going to be interesting. We'll go into, I guess, final tribal council. Obviously, Haley and George, they both get a little bit of time there to reflect and have that morning breakfast, which is so classic to Survivor. And I'm sure for two super fans like them, it would have been awesome to be able to be there at the end and to experience that. But the final tribal council happens and they both can pitch their case at this point. And um, you mentioned there that, you know, George potentially, like, I agree with you. I, I personally think George... Um, like some people compare him to Russell Hans. I don't think he's that level of abrasive. I don't think he's mm. that level of turning people off, but I do think that George had just that little bit of humility that he couldn't, he couldn't suck up to the jury just 5%, you know, and all they wanted yeah. him to do was just say, Hey, I feel bad about the fact that I voted you out. You know, I would have done things differently and I would have tried to be a bit more nice last time, but he really took to heart the fact that he needed to own his game. And I thought, in my opinion, he had a very, very strong game. Um, I know it's controversial. I still find it hard when I look at those two people's games. I'm an old school Survivor fan. If you voted out, you've been voted out, and I'm sure he's. I'm sure he made the case, and we didn't see it because yeah, that would you, not have played say, into the story. You can say the same exact thing against George, though. He's been saved by advantages and idols many times throughout the game, so it, it's not as though. One person, you know, played a game like Gavin Whitson in Edge of Extinction and uh, Chris Underwood obviously played eight days in the game, then returned and, and won it all. Um, mm -hmm. And I certainly think I'm of the opinion that Chris Underwood deserved to win that season. But that's a topic for another video. Um, but certainly, you know, you, you can't discount Haley for being voted out and having Redemption Rock and say that George is immune of any um, intervention, really. And, and he did it all on his own because he did have those, the idols saved from Kara. He had the tribal council pass at the very beginning of the game he had many instances where he was helped out by advantages obviously there's there's a level of that in terms of playing the advantages the correct way and you know certainly having Kara play an idol for him was hugely beneficial his game but you know you can't discount um you, you can't knock Haley for that because George as well just had just as much of a yep. helping hand really um and, you know, it was a helping hand he sort of had some control of. But then again, Haley won her way back through an endurance challenge against a former Tour de France cyclist. So both sides, I, I think, had arguments for and against them. And uh, I think, as you said, um, George is someone that really can't back down from what he did in the game. Honestly, I don't think he should make any apologies for what he did in the game because he was um, ostracized basically from day one, really, okay. on, on that initial brains tribe with Mitch. And he was never really... Um, considered to be a part of anyone's plans other than Emmett in the um, in the post-swap tribe um, before the merge there or on the Brains tribe. He was always fighting from the bottom, people always working against him. So I don't see why he should apologise, but certainly, you know, when you want to appease they a jury, it. Um, you can sort of give a little bit of slack if it's four or $500,000 at the end of the day. 100%. The, the only reason he should have been humble in that position is because people don't like it to be rubbed in their faces when they've been outplayed. 
And that's the real core of it. But I do want to address the things where you said that the twists helped George, because I'm not in the same campus as you. I respectfully disagree with your assessment here. Um, and the reason for that is that, yes, he had that pass in the beginning that he ended up sending half of the people home. Yes, that's part of the game. He was never in danger at that tribal council. He was never going to go home. Yes, it saved Wei, but Wei ended up being his biggest nemesis at certain points throughout the game. She didn't really help him. And the fact that Kara played her idol on him, to me, is more of a, um, a stamp of approval on his social game that he was able to get someone that loyal that she wanted to play an idol on him. So for me, I think it's unfair to say he had as much advantage because he didn't get voted out. He didn't get a second chance in the game. I don't want to take away from Haley's win, though, because I do respect Haley as a winner. I do respect her as a player, and I'm really happy for her that she won as a fan. Um, but I have to be honest, this win is a tough one for me um, because I feel like it was so close between the two of them. If I had to honestly say if I was a jury member, and I am not, I'm a I'm a guy sitting on the couch, I'm an armchair critic, I didn't play, but if I was there and I did play, I think as an old-school Survivor fan, I find it hard, but there's also a big age difference between me and you, Riley. But when I started watching Survivor, you weren't you weren't watching Survivor back then. So I came with old school Survivor for such a long time where you played the classic game. If you were voted out, you're out of the game. You can't come back. And I feel like new school players or new school people that are watching it now have adapted and have accepted that that is a part of the game. And it's going to become easier to accept when we've had eight or nine winners that have come back from you know redemption rock or whatever that is it's going to become easier because it's going to become a normal thing moving forward that players are going to get voted out and they're going to come back and i also want to say hats off to Haley for coming back and changing her game up hats off for Haley for reading correctly what the jury wanted i mean her speech about the fact that she is both a brain and a brawn like who would you want to represent your season half of the jury is brawn so if you can appeal to the brawns and say hey i'm not just the brain so you guys didn't get outplayed by just the brain i'm also a brawn i represent both of you i thought her her final jury speech is up there with kirsty bennett in regards to best um potential tribal final tribal jury uh, or, or cases to be made at a final tribal council ever she she is a really good player and i just find it hard because i love george's game so much but i also very much understand why he lost and to me the reason he lost is because he couldn't show humility um and he couldn't give them a little bit but i also don't know if they were ever going to vote for him even though they said they went in there with an open mind yeah and it is really hard to compare the two games because obviously they were both really top tier games um and certainly in the off season we'll discuss where George sort, sort of sits there. Um, I think to your point, to an extent, I understand where you're coming from with someone being voted off um, and winning the game. I mean, you look at Aussie and South Pacific, and I think that's a completely different scenario. Um, it was known, obviously, but Australian Survivor has always been that way. Um, and there's certainly a discussion we'll have in the off-season when we actually discuss oh, for sure. the merits of Hayley Leake um, and her win. But really, ever since, you know, even the old-school versions of Australian Survivor, the version on nine and Celebrity Survivor, um, this is the second Australian Survivor winner who has been voted out and then um, come back in the game and ended up winning, if you count Celebrity Survivor back in the day with Guy Leach there. So it, it is a, a very interesting thing um, to consider. But yeah, Australian Survivor has always had those non-elimination twists and we've seen people like Tara come back at the end. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't discount Haley completely for that because I do think when you look at everyone in the game, before she was voted out, she was playing the perfect game. Um, yeah, she did get voted out. Um, but then again, she came back and, and as you say, she really adjusted the way she played the game and, you know, she figured out that she has to pl play a completely different game. She has to play in George's pocket, really, um, and sort of st step back a little bit, take that target off herself. And she did a great job at changing that target. But I think both of them gave great final tribal council speeches. And I especially liked how George started off his speech in the end. He said he played the game in three phases. Um, the first phase, obviously, at the beginning of the game, as we discussed before, with the Tribal Council pass, he was on the bottom. Um, Mitch was really coming hard against him and campaigning for, you know, keeping the tribe strong. Um, George labelled it as controlled dysfunction, creating as much chaos um, to the point where he changes the tone of the Brains tribe, where he shifts it away from just being, you know, purely brawn-based almost and, and challenged strength and more towards... Um, you know, bringing up different individual and, and advancing the strategy in the game. Uh, a great decision there. And then 
at the tribes where he obviously found his way into the alliance with Emmett. He called that the maintenance phase of the game, building those social relationships. And phase three, the dynasty of the crowning moment, um, building up his game and flipping back to the brains and really relying on those social relationships again. So I, I think both presented a great um, a, a great pitch at the council. And it really was splitting hairs. It's almost impossible to say who deserved to win more. Uh, I liken it even to Cook Islands with Yule and Aussie, where there were two very great, um, you know, final tribal council pitches. Um, I mean, Aussie, obviously the physical beast, and Yule, the strategic mastermind. Although I think the thing that helped Haley in the end was the fact she had all three cornerstones yes. of the game, whereas George really was lacking in that physical department. Um, and you can say as much as you want about him mismanaging social relationships. I think the thing that lost him a lot of disrespect in the game of Brains versus Brawn, with the jury being, uh, what was it, six Brawn members, the thing that's going to lose you the votes in the end is going to be not competing in the challenges, and Danny came very hard after him for that. 100%. And, and I think you make a good point here. With two players that are this good, there's always going to be a little bit of, I think George should have won, I think Haley should have won. It's just going to happen with players that are this good. And I remember when, back in the day, when the Yule... Aussie thing played out live there were a lot of people that were divided even back then only as that season has aged people now have come to appreciate the genius of Yule in that season as well which has been um, good to see but one of the things Riley that for me was very interesting is when they started hammering George on the fact that he wasn't good at the challenges I fully expected him to for those people that have watched Big Brother, I fully expected him to throw a Dr. Will Kirby out there and say that, listen, I threw challenges because I wanted to negate the threat on me because, like he quite rightfully said, I knew I wasn't going to win those challenges because I'm not physically capable of yeah, beating but... athletes. I'm not an athlete. No, but listen here, Riley. Yeah. Riley listen, listen, just listen to the case here. Listen to the case first. Not everybody is going to be extremely good at physical challenges. And most of the season was physical challenges when it came to the actual immunities. I understand that Australia's attitude towards that and Australians in general is, listen, you've got to give it a shot. I get that. But you could have still turned that into a strategy to say, I knew I wasn't going to win and I didn't want to be a threat when it came to my ability to win. I think that he could have made a case. He kind of just laid down and quit. Well, the, the way he didn't compete in the challenges is the way that rubbed the jury the wrong way. Not trying mm. at all is the thing that's disappointing. You know, in an immunity challenge, fighting for immunity, you got to at least give it somewhat of a go. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're not finishing, um, if you're not finishing in the top three or five, if you come and last every challenge, as long as you just try, I think. Mm. Um, and again, I'm not being hard on George because we, we went through this last week um, and, you, and you brought up the same point, but I think I still maintain that you look at someone like Tommy Sheehan in Island of the Idols in his game, he purposefully downplayed his threat level and, and tried not to compete too hard in immunity challenges. He, he thought it would put a target on his back. Tommy is someone who is, if he wins challenges, he's going to be viewed as physical. Um, but at least with Tommy, you know, he knew that he could drop out at, say, six and, you know, pretend it was all a fluke uh, and not point that target to his back. With George, he... At times, he obviously tried in challenges. Um, and certainly, you know, in the in the pre-merge, I really loved when he tried to step up and, and he put his hand up to take on, I think it was Emmett, and, you know, really trying to go all in. Obviously, he was never going to win that battle. Um, but he, he tried to gain some credence there in the beginning of the game. But he never tried in, in some of the challenges. You know, I understand not jumping off the beam into the water. Um, I mean, I if I was there, I'd at least give it a go, even if I was you know, scared out of my brains. We saw, we've seen it with Sarah and Monica in Australian Survivor in the past. They really just give it a go. Um, but I think the immunity challenge where you had the, it, it was one, it won a couple of weeks ago where he just didn't try at all. And I think Way ended up winning that challenge, did he not? Did she not? And and George was just really failing, playing a long way behind. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can say that it was a strategy for George to fail in the challenges, yeah. unfortunately. Um, because he was never going to be viewed as a physical immunity. And it wasn't a strategy. And, and the whole yeah, point it, is it, it, was, it wasn't a strategy. If it was an authentic strategy, he would have spoken about it, but he didn't bring yeah. it up. So so I'm just saying, hypothetically, it could have been a good case, but I hear what you're saying. If and, it was a strategy um, and he was actually trying in challenges, yeah. If he yes. was trying and competing at an 80% level, sure, absolutely. That, that's yeah. a great strategy to play because you don't want to be you know, viewed as a triple threat like Haley was. But if you're not trying at all, um, and he did try in a lot of challenges, that... As I said before, that final immunity challenge, the effort he put in, um, valiant effort, four and a half hours, bravo to him for, for really 
fighting and doing all he can. But if you're not going to start in some challenges, that's the thing that disappoints me. And I understand Danny's frustration on the jury. Um, and as I said, you know, it's a majority brawn jury. They're the votes you want to win over in the end. And that's the thing they're going to value. Yeah. So Alex here says that would George have more respect from the from the jury if there was more uh, puzzle challenges that he could have won? Um, I think yes. I mean, if he, I think we'll go into the retrospective in regards to how balanced the challenges were at at the the merge part of the game. But you have to play the game that's in front of you. So I don't want to make excuses for George either. It's just I'm throwing different things out there. Chris Dixon brings up a valid point here and says that Will did make it didn't make it obvious that he was throwing challenges. He did attempt or try to show like he was Life trying Tommy to fight Shane for an island of the idols yeah and and that's maybe the little bit that that he's off um chris dixon asking if this is judge judy no we're just respectfully disagreeing on some things chris this is what normal society should be like i'm tired of this tribalism that is out there that yeah. you can only be team Haley or you can be team george i, I you think can't this have is what a conversation makes this about so it. great though this is what makes this season so great is we can actually sit here and argue why Haley or George deserve to win. Um, and with a lot of seasons in the past, and this is one of the main criticisms of the final two, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the final two when you actually have an equal weight, you know, you, you have two people that are actually going to fight for the end. Um, we, we've seen in the past final twos where there's been a goat that's been drugged to the end and people say, oh, why is it this way? You know, one person was clearly going to win. With this season, we can argue for either point. Um, and and that's you, know, fine. you can just, you, you can, <laughs> I'm not saying you discredited in Haley's game, but you, you can say, you know, why did she win when she had Redemption Rock? Um, and I can say, you know, why does George deserve to win when he was only playing two aspects of the game and he wasn't playing the physical? Um, there's arguments for both. And I think that's one of the great things about this season. Everyone, for the most part, was playing the game all season long. In fact, I'd say, yeah, I, I would say every single player actually had a lot of strategy this season, whereas in previous seasons, we've seen some people come in with mateship and just not bother at all. Um, this season, everyone was given a red hot crack. And... We have lots of characters who really played it up from day one. They were playing full sprint, you know, 110% this whole game. And it's great to see that we come to the end and we can have this argument and say, you know, who deserved to win in the end? Um, and I don't think we can ever come to an agreement as to who deserved to win because both of them, as we say, have no, their pros no. and cons. No, no, no. I, I disagree with that. I, I do think Hayley deserved to win. Like, because the winner is the winner. Like, I hate it when people are like, no, this person won, they shouldn't have won. It's the winner. I do, the only thing I want to say is if I was there as an individual, which I wasn't, and I didn't experience what these guys experienced, I probably would have valued George's game more. But I would have still been outvoted most likely, and Haley would have won. So credit to her, and I think she deserves to win. Um, we've had here in the chat, we had Anthony say, and I forgot it in the chat, well, I don't know where it is now, but he said that Haley is his favorite winner. Um, and, and that's fine. We'll definitely talk about rankings and things like that, probably towards the off season. Um, David's definitely up there as well. I think it will make for some interesting off season content as well as where does George now fit in the rankings for players that have never won best players to ever win. I think for me personally, um, you've got to really deep dive into it because it's strategy, it's social, um, and it's competition wins all together. So you'd have to look at the other players and kind of weigh them all together and sort of see where they fall. But Haley, strong winner. I, I, that's why when you started bringing up Natalie White last week, I was like, I don't want to go there because, again, Natalie White and, and Russell is not a great comparison for me because I do think Haley oh, no, is no, a no. much better winner than Natalie White. No, no question about it. Um, I, Natalie White certainly has her merits, but Haley was playing a good game from day one. I think um, if I one more round the point I was trying to make, more so in terms of Russell's jury perception um, yeah. and the same with... George as well. Um, and yeah, George rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Although I feel like this jury wasn't very bitter, which was nice to see. I think they did consider George's game a fair bit. And we saw George obviously winning votes from Laura and Cara. Yeah. Um, but it did seem that Danny was actually, you know, kind of thinking both ways. But that physical aspect of the game, I think, was what led him down in the end. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people like Emmett respected the way he played the game, the way he never, um, you know, he never said die and was, you know, creating all these strategies to try and turn the game on its head. And I think a lot of them credited the fact that he actually got rid of Haley, who was the biggest threat. Um, obviously, Haley came back in the end. Um, but I, I do think for George, it was probably the physical aspect of the game that let him down the most, which is unfortunate to see. Because if you put George against, um, you know, someone like a Way or a Kara, I think he wins no matter what. If he comes up against Flick, I think, again, we can argue all day who deserves to win more and who has the most merits to win the game, who you would vote for in the end. Um, but yeah, that, that was a great thing about this final two, as Jenny said in the at the beginning of the podcast. 
both players really deserve to win. And we saw it play out at Tribal Council. And the the 7-2 vote in the end, it doesn't reflect the closeness of how how tight these two players were. Um, I think almost it, it reminds me a little bit of Parvati and Sandra in Heroes vs. Villains. Parvati obviously played a very poor social game. And that's what let her down in the end. And I think it ended up being a 5-3 vote, I think it was in the end, for Sandra um, from memory. And, you know, that that doesn't reflect on how close it was, obviously, because both of those, any one of them could have won at the end of the day. So it's it's always hard to look at the final vote count and say, you know, was Haley that dominant of winner? Because I don't think she was that much better than George. But certainly the way the jury perceived it, um, you know, more people ended up voting for her, 7-2 vote there. Um, and yeah, it doesn't reflect the closeness, but obviously Haley, a great winner in the end. And as we said many times in this podcast, she just perfected all three aspects of the game. Yeah, so Riley, what was the secret sauce here? I feel like I'm going to have to watch out for you next season when it comes to the um, draft picks because uh, if we, as we go to the drafts here, we might as well go to the draft picks and sort of finish that off for the season as well. You had her as your preseason winner pick and you also had her as your number one pick as well. And um, we obviously lose Flick here. You, you actually did pretty well, like having both Flick and Haley as your number one and two. I'd pick George Midtable, um, and mm. he, he was a blue-chip stock this season. That's so I, much better as we know, than what I ever thought. As we know, I was never going to pick George in the draft. Um, I, I think George <laughs> knew that as well. He, he was never going to be um, my number one choice. But, yeah, I mean, just really lucky to get Haley. But I think, um, as we saw a lot in the preseason, um, that ability to perceive how people are feeling. Um, you know, we saw it, it worked well for, for Kara as well as an empath. She managed to make it deep in the game. Um, and Haley's a pain researcher, obviously being able to tap into those social connections and, you know, fight her way all to the end. That was great to see. Um, and yeah, a little bit of luck there, really, you know, better than my Dino pick from Survivor South Africa, I reckon. <laughs> well, you know, as we talk about Haley's game, we've gone in a lot about, or you've gone in a lot about George's game and, and kind of why he probably lost. And I agree with that 100%. Everything that was said is that little bit of social game and social awareness just that wasn't there at the end. We kind of spoke about that last episode. Um, Haley's game. She was just the ultimate all-rounder. She was good at the challenges. She was good at the social game. She had the EQ. But most importantly, the one thing I think that is very important in a winner is that she was adaptable. She adapted mm. to the situation in front of her. She went out of the game. She was voted out, and she thought, what went wrong? How did I go out? And it would have been the easiest thing in the world, like Jenny said, for them to vote her out immediately afterwards because – it's no water off anybody's back. They've just voted her out. That nobody's gonna. She's not gonna have hurt feelings about the fact being voted out again. But she found a way to make people want to work with her. And as she said, she found that the most powerful position in the game wasn't the one that was leading the, the charge because she wasn't leading the charge for a long period in this game when she came back. She started taking the middle road where she could easily flip back and forth between alliances if she needed to. And she found the the sweet spot there to find the group that she really wanted to work with towards the end. Plus, she, you know, had Flick and Danny on the side, kind of giving them false mm. hope the whole time that she was going to work with them, but she never really did. Yeah, and this is what um, Flick said to to Haley at the final Tribal Council. She said, why didn't you try and work with me? And, and Haley rightly pointed out, and, you know, this was a discussion we had after the Simon blindside headed into the merge. Um, I was thinking that, you know, Haley would start working with a flick down the line and work with those Braun members, or perhaps mm. it would be a Braun brain, Braun brain split, really. Um, but Flick was the one that didn't give Haley the time of day. Haley came to her many times. She, she came to Flick and Gerald and proposed to, to work with them to get rid of Danny. And, you know, Flick said, no, I'm going to stick with the Braun. And she stuck all the way along. Haley found a better alliance and just rode with that to the end. Um, and yeah, you say that Haley. Obviously, when she was voted out, and this is this, it, it is hard to say about a winner when they were voted out. It, it is really hard to say. Um, but it's going to get easier. Out, when when she was voted out, she was in a power position. She was the one that yeah. was the biggest target. She was the strategic lead in force there, um, and led that Simon blindside, which uh, and the Kez blindside as well, playing the idol, which was a huge move in the game. But um, you know, she came back into the game, adjusted her game, as you said, and. You know, she wasn't leading the charge, but she was in the power position. She was sitting in the middle and she had the ability to go either way. As you say, she had Flick and Danny in her pocket. She could work with them. Um, but as she brought up Final Tribal Council, she decided to to go with the brand. She decided to go with Kara Way and George because 
she knew that by going with them, not only did it put her in, you know, a strong four, she can also beat them in immunity challenges um, and, and win her way to the end with that strong strategy behind her. So you you, you got to applaud her her self awareness of where she is where she was in the game oh, and yes. how she perceived everyone else. She did a great job. Um, yeah, really, she had social relationships with everyone. Um, you know, George had the same, but you know, George probably burnt a lot more people. Um, whereas Haley really was close with everyone. She gave everyone the time of day, tried working with everyone, and probably worked with most people on the jury there as well. Um, so you know, she she was always playing the game and very perceptive of where other people were in the game what they were thinking yeah and she was also asked and both her and george were asked if they were to come back in the game who would they play with and george's answer was well with no one no one should trust me now and Haley very smartly said well you know i would probably work with all of you which is exactly what she did when she was voted because down she and did. she came back in yeah. yeah and she did and it, again it shows why when you think about it if Haley and george were to play this game a hundred times who would win it more often you know, I mean, we underestimated George this whole season, so I'd hate to underestimate him again and then him go out there and prove us wrong. But I feel like Haley has got a lot more tools in her in her toolkit. She is a great winner. It is hard to talk about a winner that has been voted out. But like I said, that's going to become the normal thing. That's the evolution of Survivor. It's going to become a normal thing that players are going to get voted out. They're going to win the game. And that's just how the show's evolving. So pretty soon... It's not going to be as difficult to talk about this. I don't think this will be the last time we see this happening. And I still want to give Haley credit because for me, it is awesome to see somebody that's like us, a true fan of the show, someone that's always wanted to go out there and play the game. She got the opportunity to go out there, show what mm -hmm. she's made or play a really, really good game because, you know, we said it throughout the whole season both her and George were just that far above everybody else for me. You said a lot of people played with great strategy. We'll get into the strategy. I don't know if it was great strategy. They played with strategy, but we'll talk about if it was great strategy when we do the retrospective of the whole season. Um, I think that these two were just that far ahead of everyone. And I think one of her biggest moves, um, Riley, was when she got Kara and George to turn against each other. That was respectable because this team, these two people have basically fallen on the sword for each other a few times, trying to save each other's game. And when she got those two to turn on each other, that was her in, into the final and ultimately got her to win and uh, prevented Flick from winning. Yeah, absolutely. I think Alex sums it up the best. Um, you know, really, I think what won the won the jury was the all-rounder pitch. And, you know, that's exactly what won Haley the game. She was playing all three aspects of the game beautifully. Um, and you can you can usually say you can say that about so few winners in the game of Survivor. Usually, there's one aspect of the game where people fall down on. But you know, Haley really was the perfect perfect storm. Um, and you know, I can't think of another negative against her other than the fact she was voted out and returned to Redemption Rock. It's a pretty big negative, but you know, really, it was the only knock on her game because between the whole game, she was playing basically the perfect strategy strategic game basically the perfect social game, basically the perfect physical game as well, winning all those challenges toward the end, winning, winning four immunity challenges toward the end, tackling Chelsea and MMA fighter in the pre-merge, like just a, a great all-round game. And you can say that about so few winners, and that's what got her over the line in the end. Outbalancing a world-class surfer, you know? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she had some really good skills to her. And um, I think if she wasn't voted out in the game, it would have been undisputed that she probably is the best winner ever. Or it would have been pretty tight still between her and David, because I do still think David is up there. Um, but... I had that question asked in the beginning of this live stream. I said, where does Haley rank as a winner in Australian Survivor, in your opinion? And the live viewers so far has gone with 23% of them saying first, 38% saying second, 23% saying third, and 15% saying lower than the top three. So um, mm. it's going to be divided. It's going to be an interesting conversation for the offseason when we do a deep analysis into all of the winners to do a bit of a ranking um, because I think some people might knock David Gannat for not winning his first time around, but I wouldn't rank that way. I would rank a winner based on the season they've played. Like Tony Vlakos and Game Changers were one of the worst Survivor players we've ever seen play the game, but he was two of the best winners that we ever saw in the two separate wins that he got. That's kind of how yeah. I look at it. I don't know how you look at but it. That, that was that was part of the strategy for winners at war, though, for Tony Flautros. He was always to come back and lose the game, show people you're crazy, and, you know, come back in an all-winner season and end up, and end up winning. Um, it, it was the perfect storm, just like how Andy was sort of planning on winning Australian Survivor and going on to the all-winner season. Andy fell down at the first hurdle, but, you know, Tony really perfected his game in game changes by getting voted out. Um but that's a story for another day. But no, yeah, I um, 
I have Pia as my number one. I, I had her there for a long time, but I think my my about mid-season when it became apparent that Haley was going to win, I really thought, you know, as I said, the all-rounder game, no one else can claim that in Australian Survivor history, I don't think. Uh, probably David Gennart, actually. But for the most part, like she just played all three aspects of the game perfectly from the pre-merge all throughout the game. The only way to discredit her is saying that twist um, with her getting voted out. But Australian Survivor, it's a known commodity at this point, as I pointed out many times. We're always going to get those non-elimination twists. She fought her way all the way to the end. Um, in my mind, she's number one. And obviously, we'll discuss this in the off-season. And, you know, it's going to be a very heated debate, maybe more so heated than you and I discussing, um, you know, why, why you would vote for George and why I'd vote for Haley at the end. Um, but, no, yeah, I think... You know, just as every winner has their case, um, you know, oh, for sure. same with George and Haley, they both have their cases as well. Um, so Jenny K here says that at least with Australian Survivor, players get voted out and they come back right away, not two rounds later, unlike the US with Redemption and Edge. Um, Edge is a, is a different game, right? Because you get to sit there with the jury and bond mm. and make friends and struggle together. You know, so you've got a, a massive unfair advantage when it comes to the end in that sense. So I think Edge of Extinction, there's a reason we don't want to see that come back. Um, I am more happy with the way that Australian Survivor have players coming back in the way they do currently i still think there's a few things we could do differently um as well but i don't want to get into that in this podcast because we will talk about that in retrospective rather moving forward um so yeah you've already answered the question in regards to who you think is the the top three anthony saying his top three is Haley pia and david um i think anthony a lot of people are going to be um I'm going to be with you on that. And he also says that Shawnee is a winner in his heart. I think Shawnee is a winner in all of our hearts, to be honest. Mm. Um, I don't know if she's the, the 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 best to never win, but she's definitely a fan favorite when it comes to being one of the players we would all love to see playing again. Apparently, she put a little tweet out uh, today or she commented on an Instagram post to say, see you soon when uh, Blood vs. Water was released. So we probably won't see her. <laughs> Uh, no, I've heard some. I've heard some rumors. Um, and again, this is an off-season discussion. But apparently, she's quarantining back in the country. So, could she be playing with Benny? Could she be playing with Fenella? I don't know. Or she might just be teasing us and yeah, just just be back in Australia to visit family or whatever she's doing there. But um, yeah, we want Sean Ten. We we want Shawnee back. Please, please Ten, give us Shawnee versus the rest of Australia. Um, and and guarantee the win for Shawnee. If Shawnee got voted out every time and ended up winning the game you know voted out at every tribal council and ends up winning she'd still be the best winner in my heart to be honest um, oh well it took, but, yeah, it that, took boston that, rob that's four a story tries. for another day it took boston rob four tries so she she could still try twice you know and and yeah. then maybe win and we'll still think she's the best winner of all time um riley any final thoughts here on the final anything that you feel like we didn't talk about obviously there was no reunion which was a bit sad like uh is there any plans for the reunion being showed at some point or is that due to the COVID restrictions they've just decided similar to winners at war we're not going to do it yeah i think we're just going to invite as many people as we can and have the reunion on reality pop right um see, see what we can do there but no unfortunately no no reunion this season um it, it's always a fun thing it's never it's never really been a thing with australian survival we've had it twice we had it with champions vs contenders two and all stars um, but yeah, due to COVID restrictions, obviously not a possibility. Um, hopefully we see it at some point in the future, you know, once things go back to normal. Um, but I think the thing I'm so glad about is the fact we got Survivor back on our screens. We, we had a season of Australian Survivor and we've yes. got another one coming in February as well. So filming for the next season of Australian Survivor is starting um, in a couple of weeks, I believe. Um, that's going to go ahead in Queensland. So really exciting just to have Australian Survivor back. And it was a great season. Um in turn, and, and we'll discuss this again, just like the winner rankings. We'll discuss our season rankings in the off-season. This is definitely a top-tier season. You can say as much as you want about all the twists that have been thrown throughout the game. Um, you know, certainly we've been critical of those at times. But just the characters throughout the season have been so much fun. And what a great finale to, to cap it off. A great final three to see them all fighting in that immunity challenge. And then that final tribal council both delivered great cases. But in the end, Haley obviously went in in that 7-2 vote to be crowned. Queen Haley. she wins the throne. She wins the crown at the end of the day. Um, King George sort of abdicated there, fell on his sword. And yeah, Haley's the new queen in town. She's the, she's the queen of Australian Survivor at this point. 
Yeah, well, well, well done, Haley. Well deserved win. You fought really hard for it. Um, if you actually listen to this, you probably don't. You know, just know that I really respect your win, regardless. Even though I'm a big George fanboy, um, I think that the, you're going to be one of one of two. But you can never say that. You know, like we've we've spoken about it. We I know why George lost. I know why he mm. lost, and I appreciate the fact that you won this show. So um, I hope that there's not too much hate out there. I know that the the online world can be pretty divided sometimes when it comes to these things. But um, from our side, it's been great to podcast about this season. We will be back once more to talk about Australian Survivor Brains versus Bronze this Sunday at 10, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. We're going to have Adam Jumba who's part of the Survivor Buffs, who will be doing all the recapping for Survivor 41 um, on the channel as well. He's going to be um, on that show to talk about this season and his thoughts on it. He's been watching the whole season. We just couldn't make it work out for him to be on a recap due to the time differences. So he's going to come on, and we're going to have a couple of fans um, as well um, that will also be on the show as well to talk about it in retrospective. And we will talk about the things that we liked about the season, the things that we didn't like about the season, the things that we think that they should start doing moving forward when we go into brains versus bronze um, but overall i agree with riley it's great to, talk, to have australian survivor back it's great that they're going to be back in february next year i'm all here for it and i'm even more excited to talk about uh, brains uh, you know, blood versus water i guess in the future now that we know that there may be some returning players on it as well riley what do you have coming up um, on snuffed yeah, well, I'll have my Australian Survivor season recap coming up tomorrow morning, so stay tuned to the channel for that one. Um, how Haley League won Australian Survivors, Australian Survivor Brains vs. Brawn. Finally, I can, um, you know, hail Queen Haley. I'll have a video out for her um, at the end of this week, probably on Friday or Saturday. Um, and other than that, yeah, just ramping up in preparation for Survivor 41, which I'm really excited for that around the corner. Also, again, um, the Survivor South Africa finale, obviously this weekend as well. I'll be having plenty of content regarding that on my channel on Snuffed right here on YouTube. And of course, Chris and I will be back recapping the Survivor South Africa finale this Saturday, I believe we're recapping it. So yep. uh, lots of excitement there. And it could be another heated debate between, um, you know, who deserved to win there. I know that um, of, of two of the members of, of the final three, um, Chris and I have opposite opinions of who could win. There's probably one clear favourite for us, but but the other two um, we might be a bit divided on. So certainly if my horse wins or if Chris's horse win, um, there, there could be a little bit of heated debate. So that'll be on Saturday. Survive South Africa and Midnight Island and in as well. Hey, all's fair in love and war, mate. So you've got two wins in a row now. You guys won the rugby uh, on the weekend. Just quickly, and Chris Dixon in the chat. Funny how that South Africans said they would win the rugby to us, but they lost. Um, That's Quay what I was Cooper, just going to get into. Performance. Let's get Quay Cooper on Australian Survivor at some point. Um, no, great to see. A bit of banter. Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys you guys can lend Quay Cooper. He's a Kiwi in any case. You guys can lend him for a bit. The Kiwis will always come there and help you guys out in the rugby. But you know, I wanted to say, you know, you guys have got two wins in a row now. You've got the, you got the Australian Survivor winner that you wanted. You got the Australian rugby win on the weekend. So let's see if I can at least get my winner for South African Survivor this weekend. Because I feel like, you know, hopefully I don't have three losses in a row. I need to win here somewhere. Um, but it's all fair and love and war you know it's been a great season to watch i'm happy with the outcome of this season and i'm also more so happy to talk about it this weekend i will also be back um, on a separate podcast for the challenge if you guys look and watch the challenge um with chantelle francis and angel cake we will be recapping at 10 a.m australian eastern standard time on saturday um the next episode for the challenge episode six so i look forward to either seeing you guys there or seeing you guys um, on our live stream for the retrospective as always guys Thanks for being with us in the live. It's been great having you. Stay tuned for the off-season. We're going to have some great content dropping soon for both Australian Survivor and Survivor South Africa. I'm really looking forward to that. And um, as always, goodbye and have a good evening. Bye.